You are listening to the Ingredients for Success podcast, where you can consume dietary supplement industry best practices, trends, recent news, and other insights provided through interviews and discussions with members of the Stratum team and seasoned industry execs. Welcome back to the Ingredients for Success podcast. I'm Andrew Rice, and today I have again with me Dr. Christopher Bailey here at Stratum with me, and um, we're still good with me calling you Chris. Of course. For these, okay, all right, perfect. Um, Today's topic is vegan and vegetarian. So uh, we're entitling this one, Vegan is No Fad. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of activity within the vegan vegetarian space, and we can look at a ton of stats that, that prove uh, the movement, forward progress of both vegan and vegetarian foods as well as nutraceuticals. Um, so... I want to start off with a couple of facts. Um, The Food Revolution Network actually has a really good article out there in preparation for this podcast that we looked at. Um, So uh, one of the first things it states is, you know, how there is a forward trend towards plant-based eating across the globe and that millennials, of course, right, are the central drivers of this worldwide shift. Uh, And then there's some pretty crazy stats, I thought, uh, about the vegan movement. Um, One of them being the 600% increase in people identifying as as a vegan in the last three years. That's a crazy stat, right? Yeah, that's a lot more tofurkey. <laughs> that's right. There's a ton, a ton more tofurkey and supplements and yeah. cauliflower crusts and all foods. functional foods and everything else going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's some crazy, crazy stats behind the rise of, of vegan, uh, including things like uh, NFL Network or NFL uh, athletes using or becoming uh, vegan or, or um, leaning more towards that lifestyle of vegan eating. Um, you know, players, um, tennis players, Venus Williams has, has uh, become vegan. Um, anyway, so there's just a, a huge demand for it. We all know it. Everybody in the industry has seen it. All the facts back it up. So we thought, let's have a podcast about it. Yeah, and I think one of the first things that we were going to cover is a lot of the vegetarian and and vegan foods out there that have become more functional and and really been designed to cater to this growing market and then how that also translates into new supplement products. And one of the first ones that we came across, uh, and I was able to sample at the Olympia Bodybuilding Show a few weeks ago, was the uh, cauliflower crusts. Um, which is made of cauliflower. Right, and I but, thought it was cauliflower because I, I thought you were pronouncing it wrong, but it is the brand, and it yeah Cali flower, yep. right? Yeah, cool. And yeah, they have a couple of different flavors of that, and that's 
cauliflower mix with mozzarella. Uh, that was really on point. Um, and then along those lines of vegetarian foods, there's, you know, even in Walmart, you're seeing uh, frozen pasta products that are, are made um, not just with wheat, but uh, having a full serving of vegetables uh, in each one um, incorporated into the pasta or just alternative plant fibers being used to make pasta. Uh, and then that, you know, in snack products, we're seeing that more and more, right? Where uh, Vega, a really well-known vegetarian, vegan uh, product uh, company in the supplement space, uh, they recently launched uh, plant-based crisps or chips uh, for vegetarians. And uh, those have, looks like 15 grams of protein per bag and those were launched uh, sometime in the early summer around June. Yeah, and I know back to like the, what you said about the Walmart thing, uh, also in that same article was uh, the mention of Walmart and um, the demand uh, on its vendors to increase the number of, of, of vegan products um, coming in to Walmart. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, so the, the cauliflower pizza crust was one of them, um, and, and other foods. I know Oprah launched a line that, that has, uh, like a same type of pizza crust infused with cauliflower, not cauliflower. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then you got, uh, you got other, other foods as well. Um, you want to talk about Soylent or any other options? Yeah. So then there are the meal replacement powders so there's soylent is one of the more well-known ones uh, that's been around a couple of years and they've been updating it with various version updates i think it started at 1.0 and just kept going up from there and uh, so they have the powders and the ready to drink versions and the cafes now which are uh, caffeine added uh, meal replacement uh, drinks do they have any cricket added no, yep. I think these are just completely plant based. Okay, just plant. They're not. They're not yeah. onto insect yet. That would make it not vegan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they have some good flavors. I've tried the chai and the mocha. Uh, haven't tried a lot of their other products yet. But then a competitor to them, which does a lot of one to one comparisons on what each one contains, is Huel, H uh, U E L, uh, and that's another one that. Um, is vegan and uses different vegetable proteins and um, oils to provide a source of both protein and uh, fat. And then they also have fiber from those vegetables. Uh, so pea protein is a popular one, flaxseed, uh, brown rice protein. Uh, and what I think that is no longer true, but maybe you know, 10 years ago, people thought that going vegan or vegetarian was sacrificing taste or functional performance of, of a product. And it's clear now that there's enough options uh, in the space to provide diver diverse sources of protein and fat and carbohydrate and fiber that, uh, and provide a unique taste that you no longer have to compromise mm -hmm. on the taste of the product just because you're going vegan or vegetarian. Right. Um, specifically in the supplement side of things, um, we talk about protein and those types of things. I mean, you've got pea protein, hemp protein, 
all almond protein and and other nut based proteins um, right and so there yeah there's a there's a rise in in the development of the technology to to produce these um has has increased um like crazy um yep. uh, contract manufacturers and all i know this is a huge focus for everybody right now so yeah and the nice thing about you know these alternative proteins whey is great but you know it has a milk allergen to it and uh, these vegetable proteins unless it's a protein made from nuts that don't have a one of the major eight allergens that you have to declare and uh, they still have good amino acid profiles and since there's so many uh, vegetable protein options out there you can blend multiple ones to get a broad spectrum of amino acids so one of the more popular ones is pea protein uh, which is in a lot of products but then there's also hemp protein or almond protein which was recently launched last year um, a couple of the other ones are watermelon seed pumpkin seed um, and i don't know what they were doing with the watermelon seeds before but seems like a pretty efficient thing to um, at least no longer discard watermelon seeds uh, you know from prepared food products and instead putting them to a good use and I think that speaks more to the story about vegetarian and vegan products being sustainable and not wasteful yeah which we haven't really discussed thus far but yeah there is that whole side of this that I think brands can um, really capitalize on um, for um, for both co you know competitive advantage of product, but also on the shelf and, and labeling and stand you know that product standing apart. Um, and so yeah, like uh, the the whole sustainable aspect um, you know of it is very intriguing. And and I think you had mentioned in conversation before like the supply chain. Um, side of things could you go into that a little bit yeah i think that you know as other countries start to demand more and more meat and dairy products that those prices are just going to continue to go up and uh, if you can secure plant protein and fat sources uh, you know either grown in other countries or in the united states um, more and more i think that's going to be uh, sustainable and and reliable for people to get from a supply standpoint over those other sources as you know with animals you worry about diseases and um, uh, how much land it takes to uh, you know have those cattle graze or um, how much milk production there is and uh, there's just other countries that normally didn't use as much say China um, definitely are getting more and more into that space so I think even though sometimes plant proteins can be more expensive, um, that's not going to be the case forever. Right. We may be looking at some, you know, someday when it's kind of equalizes or, yeah. or, or even lower possibly. Um, so like we, we, you know, we like to talk about like the issues and the benefits. We've talked a lot about benefits with the sustainability, you know, um, the rise of cost of milk and the, the rise of that and, 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 um, the D and, and gr the gradual decrease because of the advancements of, of, uh, equipment and technology is going right. to make, make the, uh, the vegan, uh, products much more, uh, affordable as well. So yeah, there will be a shift in that on that scale. 
Um, but the issues there are, you know, there's a few pushbacks and, and we hear them from brands, um, you know, sometimes, and, you know, some of the pushbacks could be the, the grittiness and, and right. texture kind of profile of, of that. Yeah. Some of the proteins. Yeah. Um, and then obviously taste, um, is, is a huge one. Um, we kind of discussed that a little bit, but the smell and odor is something that, you know, is a definite contributor to that as well. Right. When you're looking at trying to launch a product and you're thinking through the main aspects of what a consumer is going to want. I mean, yes, it needs to taste good, but if it smells, you know, too fishy or has a lot of odor to it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I think we really uh, have come to appreciate about one of our ingredients, eye flour, is that the, it doesn't have that offensive odor to it. And uh, it's flexible for both food and for dietary supplement use and certainly can be used um, in culinary preparations, salads, uh, you know, in dips for breads, but it can also be in soft gels and it's not something that people are going to open a bottle of it and, you know. Be knocked out. Yeah. Unconscious by the <laughs> right. smell. Right. Yeah. And I think with proteins, you know, with plant proteins sometimes being more gritty, um, there's ways to overcome that fibers or, uh, you can add, um, oil to it and that gives it a creamier texture. So you can put eye flour in an oil format or a powder format, mixing in with ready to drink products or in powdered meal replacement formulas and mm -hmm. use that to create a better mouthfeel, mm -hmm. uh, and make it go down easier for the customer. Well, um, I know the, um, you know, with the whole reason we want to do this is just to kind of like just spark some conversation and talk just a little bit about this particular topic. But if we were going to, you know, sit down and we're talking to a brand, obviously we're talking about our, our products or whatever, you know, we'd be talking uh, about ahi flour. Um, but if, you know, if we're going to sit down and, and talk to a brand about um, why, um, they need that ingredient. It's not just really need our ingredient, but like push towards vegan if they don't already have a line. Um, but I think there's a, I think we've kind of mentioned all of these things that provide a really good uh, competitive advantage and potential for, um, you know, increasing or boosting sales in a different category that, you know, they may not be in or what, um, whatever. Yeah, and it's it's a category I think that. It's becoming harder and harder to ignore. I think, you know, sports nutrition, a lot of people have whey protein because whether that's the main product you sell or not, people are going to buy it from somewhere, right? So it's better they buy it from you, even if you're not making that much off it, but it, it drives people to your line. Mm -hmm. uh, and much in the same way, if you don't offer vegetarian or vegan products and someone is one of those two, they're not going to gravitate to your products they're going to turn away from it so uh, if the demand is high enough and why turn that person away when you can create another line uh, catered to them and uh, bring in some more sales right and as we discussed the demand is going to increase the price eventually decreases or equalize compared to the competitive 
types of, of proteins or other products that are out there. So it's a no-brainer to look at. Um, I think we all know that, but we just want to put some facts together and kind of discuss that just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's a wrap. Um, thanks for coming on board for another podcast, and we will see you again. And thanks for tuning in again to the Ingredients for Success podcast. And until next time, catch you later. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to the Stratum Ingredients for Success podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.